All right. Hi, everyone. I'm really excited because tomorrow, December 21st, is actually our co-host, Nani Dominguez, birthday. <laughs> I just wanted to take a moment here to just, she, she doesn't know that I'm doing this recording. She has no idea. And by the time that this episode is out, we would have met for the first time in person in San Francisco. So surprise, Nani, first of all, happy birthday. And to our listeners, I encourage you all to reach out to her on Instagram at the Filipino American Woman or Notes by Nani. You can get that information in the show notes, as always. But I just uh, thought I'd do a little dedication for you for this beginning. I'm literally kind of making this up as I go with, with some bullet points, but here we go. Earlier this year, summer 2019, when uh, I started the podcast, you had reached out to me and you didn't know how you wanted to help. You just knew you wanted to help. And I'm the kind of person that likes to just jump into working with people because um, a lot of times you can tell right away if we're compatible or not. So I just asked Nani to co-host with me and she was more than happy to do it. So Nani joined us on our sixth episode with Rhea Predikin. So if you want to hear her join me for the first time, feel free to check out that episode. But I just wanted to express my sincere appreciation for you, Nani, um, for everything that you have done for this project so far. And um, by the time this episode and recording is out, uh, I just want to sincerely thank you for uh, being so hospitable when I came to visit San Francisco for the first time in my adult life, believe it or not. So thank you so much for all of that. I always like to say this, but you're my immediate feedback to this project. It would be lonely doing this project alone, and I've done it alone before, but it, it just adds more of a fruitful experience, uh, bouncing ideas off of another person and having someone else help me interview our amazing guests. It has just been an absolute privilege doing this show with you. So I hope that you have a happy birthday weekend. And here's to more interviews and storytelling to come. So listeners, as I mentioned, please give Nani a shout out. Please reach out to her on Instagram. Check out our show notes how to do that. And just greet her a happy birthday. And please let her know uh, how much you have appreciated her for co-hosting with me. I'm grateful and I'm sure you're grateful as well. So happy birthday, Nani. Welcome to the Filipino American Women Project, a podcast show that shares stories and life lessons told by individuals living or have lived in America that are of Filipino descent and identify as female. I'm your host, Jen Amos, a fellow Filipino American woman, and I'm excited for you to join us. Let's get started. All right. Hi, everyone. Jen Amos here with the Filipino American Woman Project podcast show. And as always, I have my incredible host with me, Nani Dominguez. Nani, welcome back to the show. Hi, everyone. Hello. And we are super stoked because every time we do a show, it means that we get to interview another incredible woman in our Filipino American community. All right. So I'm excited because we are actually interviewing another Panay podcaster. So Crystal Fabella is a creator and host of Filipina on the Rise podcast and platform. Crystal, welcome to the show. 
Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me. Yes, it's an absolute pleasure. And I just have to say that I am, I don't know if Nani told you, but I'm planning on visiting the Bay Area in December. Yes, <laughs> and, of course uh, I told her. <laughs> yes. And I saw in the Instagram feeds that you two had dinner. So you're nearby. <laughs> and I would yes. love the opportunity mm-hmm. to meet you in person with you and Nani when I'm in town. Yeah. I yes. cannot wait. And I think it's so crazy that that's going to be the first time you guys are meeting in person. <laughs> yes, I know. It's crazy. <sighs> yeah. So I feel like this is kind of obvious, but why don't you share, how did you hear about the Filipino American Women Project and why did you decide to join us on our show today? Um, yeah. I just remember being on Instagram. Once you enter the community of different entrepreneurs and Filipino content creators, you just kind of are down a rabbit hole of following all of them. And this happened to be the first Filipina-focused podcast account that I saw, which got me really excited. And I think I, yeah, I was following it since. And then I met Nani separately, and I didn't know that she joined on as a co-host after that. But I do remember listening to like an episode and just really valuing the approach that you guys were taking and, and just like talking about Filipinas in such different careers and professions and bringing something really different to the discussion table. And yeah, I just really admire that. And I used a lot of episodes actually to learn about my own history, like Philippine-American history, which I think is so underreported, which, you know, that's also what propelled my own initiatives in this. But and and I've like supplemented my own education using your episode. So thank you. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for listening. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. And yeah, you know, with Nani, she probably already told you the story, but you know, our friendship just happened organically, you know, it started off with Instagram and then she had reached out and like for me to get to know people, my strategy to get to know people is to work with them. So Mm -hmm. I've done that in the past with like contractors and colleagues. Like you can talk the talk, but like, I won't know who you really are if we work together. And so that's why I was... Yeah, that's why I was so like receptive to, you know, inviting Nani to be on the show. I was like, well, let's get to know each other by being on the show together. <laughs> then, yeah. yeah. And then it turned out to be this really beautiful thing. We have a couple of things in common. We're both December babies. We're both Sagittarius. Ah. We're both introverts. Just a lot of little awesome things. And, you know, it just happened that we vibe really well on the show. So really crazy yeah. how that happened. How that happens, but it's not. It's also faithful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that that's funny that you say that though, because when it comes to podcasting, I have like this flip approach where before I even can engage with somebody in like podcast or interview or, or professional manner, I have to get down with them and grab a drink first and get to know them in a very personal <laughs> way. And that's like that's how I feel. I read them and feel like make them feel comfortable working with me. It's so interesting to see people's different approaches to just working with people and connecting with them. <laughs> yeah, totally. I totally agree. My pet peeve in the last two years are people who are just charismatic, like people that can talk really well, you know, like those people that are just very articulate. But when it comes down to actually taking action, like they try to talk around it. You know what I mean? You ever like meet those kind mm-hmm. of people that yeah. like try mm-hmm. to talk big, but when it comes down to it, like they don't do anything. All and of so, my exes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I think that's why I like to jump in the deep end quickly with people because yeah. I'll know, like you'll, you'll know quickly, like, are they oh, trustworthy? Yeah. Are they reliable? Yeah. You know, are they going to actually like walk the talk and 
whatever. So that's just, I guess my philosophy had been, but I definitely like for some people though, like for people that I could be, let's say like intimidated by that I really look up to, I will do my research. I will, (laughs) I will like, you know, do what I can to be like, okay, how do I get in front of them? And what do I say to them? So I think it just depends on the person, but for some reason talking with Nani, it just felt really easy for me to say, Hey, just come on the show. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What is that saying? Trial by fire. You just get into it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, well, anyway, this is not about us. This is about you, Crystal. So (laughs) throw it back to you. (laughs) And so this project is about collecting stories and life lessons by individuals who live or have lived in America that are of Filipino descent and identify as female or pronouns she, her. So Crystal, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your family background and why you identify as a Filipino American woman. Yeah. So my family background, I was actually born in the Philippines in Manila and I moved over here and I was in second grade. So I did have a good amount of time in the Philippines, also lived in Canada. And so I was like Philippine and then Canadian citizen and then moved here to the U.S. And I would say that I've just found the term 1.5 gen. So, you know, always confused if I'm a first generation or second generation Filipino immigrant. And I would say 1.5, which how I define it is that you're born in the Philippines, but then arrived to the States at um, an early enough age that you've kind of grown up and assimilated and been conditioned here in that sense. And so that had really put a, a better label around the gray area that I've always felt growing up as like, I don't feel fully Filipino but I don't also identify as fully American. So where Mm -hmm. am I? And so it's like this Filipino American identity, which I've learned is there's so many faces to it. There's not just one kind of trajectory and journey. And I think that, yeah, it's really exciting to kind of be a part of defining that. And so I would say that's how I identify as a Filipino American. And I do believe that the Filipino American is an evolving narrative and identity. And that every day we're constructing it more by, you know, connecting and sharing each other's backgrounds and getting to like, what is the face of the Filipino American? Because we've had our stories and our narratives so under celebrated and they're told sometimes. So I'm really excited to be part of like that movement of bringing that to life. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, did that answer the question? I just... Yes, girl, it did. It was beautiful. Beautiful. You said words like trajectory and evolving narrative, like just these big (laughs) words. I'm like, yes. Sorry. It was. I I was kind of talking, and I was like, I don't even remember the question. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever it was, you answered it well. (laughs) Yeah, you did. And I agree with you. I think part of our experience, especially, you know, we have to remember that the Philippines is a very young, independent country. You know, I think how many decades is it now since we've been independent, like 50, 60 years, you know, and so we're still trying to figure out who we are. And, you know, and then coming to America is a whole other experience in itself. So I really feel like we're just in this beautiful generation where we have a safe space to write our narratives and to document our narratives and share our narratives where, you know, we had a previous episode where we talked about how it's hard to pull stories out of our parents because maybe Mm. they have some trauma around sharing their story because of what they went through. Totally. Yeah, so I totally agree with you on the whole defining our narratives. And it's hard for me to even explain what 
generation I am. I just say that, (laughs) I just say that like, oh, my parents are immigrants and I was born as an American. So I think I'm second generation because my parents came here for, you know what I mean? So like, I just, I just have to explain it to people. That's just what I've come to find. And I like how you say like, I identify as a 1.5 generation Filipino American. Right, right. Because it leaves it open up to what's it called? Um, interpretation open to interpretation. For different, yes. Yeah. Open to interpretations for different Filipinas. Yeah. You know, I like to think that when people learn about the Filipino American community, I could imagine like people that are learning for the first time might be really confused because they're mm-hmm. like, wait, so what generation are you? Or like, where are you and from? And we all have different answers. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> so we're all just uh, confused. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's I think that's the underlying message. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're figuring yeah, we're, it out. <laughs> but you know, at the same time, I think that's our advantage is we have the freedom mm-hmm. to write our own narrative where like I think with other I mean, I don't know how other ethnic cultures are like, but you know, I think some other cultures could be already defined in a certain way. And so for us it's like we gotta create it, you know, as we go. And you have to be open to listening. So there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I know that you guys interviewed Gina from Entrepreneur. Yes. Yeah. So um, I like something that she said during the Entrepreneur Summit, which was like one of the most empowering, just beautiful, sacred (laughs) conferences or events I've ever been to. And she said, there's so many definitions of the Panay. There's not just one. There's different faces of it. And that's the beauty of our identity. Like there's so Mm -hmm. many identities in it, you know? Yes. That is beautifully said. I love it. (laughs) Well, why don't we fast forward to today, Crystal, and for people that are getting to know you for the first time, why don't you share a snapshot of your life, particularly what keeps you busy and most excited about life nowadays? Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, I work in San Francisco. And for the most part, I work a full time job in tech. And it's around hiring retention, specifically been focusing on diversity inclusion initiatives and company um, culture around that. And then my other time today, so I've been trying to pour in more time with the podcast. Um, I started it in March and since then have really just been trying to build the community around it and just understand what it means to be a podcast producer and understanding my own bandwidth around it. But more and more, I would say it's like, I didn't realize how much goes into this role. So there's not just like the podcasting, there's like the audio editing, there's connecting and reaching out to different tonight and then also producing the content and then creating a social media campaign and strategy and the, like producing actual like graphics around that. And I just realized like, I, I can't do this on my own. So that's why I started building the team. So that's kind of where I'm putting more effort also into helping to build a force behind it. But yeah, that sorry, you were asking about the snapshot of my day. So it's, you know, most of my day, obviously, I work in tech company in San Francisco. And then when I do have a chance, I'll work on editing podcasts or reaching out to people or setting up a cal- calendar in time, and then working on the social media page. And then also, I try to work out five days a week. And it's mostly because it helps me keeps me mind strong, I've noticed. And, and then I'll usually go to a networking event, at least two to three days of the week, different panels or educational informational sessions. Like for example, later today, I'm actually going to this like live podcast premiere event about women in DC. And then like the other day, it was like a female founders event. So I think just always like continuously building my tribe and community around me day to day. I do feel like I'm a place where like, I realize where I currently work is not 
my life and it's good for me, but I do want to keep building into my projects and passions. So that's kind of a snapshot of my day. (laughs) Hey everyone, Jen Amos here, taking a quick break in between our interviews as I always do uh, to actually talk about a new resource that I have personally been using for a couple of weeks now called Seven Cups. I want to give a shout out to Asia Hilario who shared this resource in episode 29. So check it out. We live in a world where you can be surrounded by people, but still feel lonely with nobody to turn to when things get rough. But being heard is an important part of being human. Psychologist Glenn Mariotti, I think that's how you pronounce his last name, (laughs) saw that there was great power in listening, but he knew not everyone had someone to talk to. He started to wonder, how can I make being heard a reality for everyone? And that's why Seven Cups was born. Thanks to thousands of volunteer listeners, including myself, stepping up to lend a friendly ear, Seven Cups is happy to say, we're here for you. No matter who you are or what you're going through, this is a place where you'll be heard and cared for. We might be strangers on the surface, but underneath, we're just the friends you haven't met yet. Seven Cups has trained volunteer listeners available 24-7 to give emotional support over online chat. It's anonymous and, get this, completely free. When you need someone to talk to, we're here to listen and help you feel better. Learn more about Seven Cups today by visiting sevencups.com or, as always, you can check out the show notes for the link. Yeah, I think that's really beautiful. And speaking of beautiful, I think your IG account, Philippine on the Rise, is really beautiful. <laughs> like the way oh that you've designed, <laughs> the way you design oh like and, and post yeah. things. I mean, if you look at ours, like, I mean, I'm planning on actually updating it next year, but like, I barely, like, I don't post anything like on there, only on stories. <laughs> oh my God. and I just do stories. <laughs> I know, that's like, what I was telling her last night. I was like, we don't know what to do with the feed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I have, no, a, I have I a plan for too. January, but like, I look at yours, I'm just like, wow, it's just so beautiful. Oh. Yeah, so I just thought <laughs> you should know that. <laughs> oh, that, that means a lot because I literally have no, like, know nothing about design or graphic design or like content creation it's just I think I've had a knack for it since I was little because I used to scrapbook a lot and I used to create like vision boards a lot in my room so it's almost like a little version of that and I've learned that when you look at someone's feed there has to be a, a consistent flow and look to it and a color scheme and the font and I, I'm so I'm just learning all that and um, hopefully it gets a little better <laughs> Well, it doesn't show like it's your first time. (laughs) Well, thank you. Yeah. And I also like, you know, for me, in my prior life, I ran an online marketing agency. And I think ever since I moved on from it, I have this mental block with like posting on just like an Instagram feed. So I kind of live vicariously through people like your posts where it's not just like a beautiful image, but like you're also very narrative. And for me, at least with this podcast show, I just try to focus on what I can handle and what right. I'm most passionate totally. about, right? And I'm just like, well, totally. right now I'm passionate about just like talking to people who are on the show. Mm-hmm. And I figure that's enough for me right now. And then we have a pretty good lineup of guests that are going to be on the show for the yeah. rest of the year. And so for January, it opens up space for me to start considering like our content marketing for totally. Instagram. But until then, it's yeah. great to see like what other podcasters and, yeah. you know, even people in our community are doing. I know with this Filipino American Life podcast, 
podcast, they just post like all the time. They have a team uh, behind them I that's know. doing it. They and on it. <laughs> yeah. Oh and so God. it's just like, yeah, you know, in due mm-hmm. time. But for now, I right. feel most fulfilled with doing these interviews with Nani and yeah. really trying to push these interviews out. Yeah. So. I yeah. feel that and you guys are really good at being consistent. That's definitely something I like realize I need to work on. But I feel that I'm like knowing like where you have the effort to pour more into like you can't do everything right. So I've noticed that because I don't have as much bandwidth to do consistent interviewing, but I do naturally love to post on social media and create content on that and building more of the social media community. So I was like, okay, I'll focus on that. And then hopefully in the new year, because I'm first and foremost, the podcast will start to line up. <laughs> yeah. Like you guys do as so I'll definitely have to get some tips and tricks from that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Just, you know, we could even talk about it right now for, for anyone know, that, right? you know, sometimes in some of our past shows, Nani and I go over the behind the scenes of how we like, you know, put this out there and, you know, yeah. just the work that it takes. Cause you know, I think we can have more people doing shows like this. I think we can have mm-hmm. more of our voices and take on, you know, have different perspectives, you know, cause our perspective yeah. here is about collecting stories and life lessons but you know there's some people who are like history junkies that like I am totally not a history junkie so like you know to have maybe a show dedicated to that like Filipino American history would be really awesome and so we need more actually that's funny they mentioned that because I just remembered like people ask like how and why did I start the podcast and it was for the reason that I remember I listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of them are like female entrepreneurs empowering women and I just like was so hungry to hear stories that I felt like I could relate to and hear stories that were my own and going on the search bar. Like this was like over a year ago, I think. And like typing in Filipino women, Philippines, Philippines, like anything. And like finding very little content and feeling really depressed about it. Oh. <laughs> I know. And then I think this was before I found your platform too. Cause, and then it just came to it. When you see the gap, I think it shows the need. And then you're almost like called to action. Like, am I going to fill that need? And one of my biggest things that I go by is find a hole in the world in the shape of you and fill it. So it's like, there's a hole wow. and then oh, it's in that. the shape of you and then yeah. fill it. And I actually found that quote cause I was in a coffee shop and it, like someone wrote it in a book and left it on the table. So I was like, okay, this is fate. Oh, <laughs> yes, it's perfect. <laughs> wow. That's so, and I think that Right. And that's what you're doing, right? It's like, there's like a hole and you're like, it's not happening yet, but you're like, I'm going to fill this hole with me and how I approach this issue. And that's why I never think there's any, ever such thing as competition because everybody brings something very unique to every different problem. And what you're bringing to Filipino representation is very different from how I'm bringing it, but we're filling the gap in all the ways that needs to be, right? So yeah. There are (laughs) many, there are many gaps, lots, there are many gaps and there are many people that are capable of filling the gaps. So Yeah, I agree with you on that. I will say that back then, so when I was in middle school, I was bullied by Filipino American women. And so I was a self-loathing Filipina for quite a long time. And me too. Yeah, yeah. And so I had dealt with like competition or comparison or like not feeling, you know, light enough or thin enough or like whatever enough, you know, just not enough, just not enough. (laughs) And so just similar to you, you know, back in December 2016, I remember in the holidays, I don't, I don't know how I ended up doing this, but I was trying to do a Google search of Filipino American Mm. women. And I found a lot of not very positive things about us, or even just Mm -hmm. like lack of representation. And at the time, Facebook Live was becoming big. And so it just Mm -hmm. all kind of made sense. I was like, I'm going to do a Facebook Live show 
like oh. of Filipino American women. So that went on for like a year. And then I went on a year hiatus after that because I moved to the East Coast. But anyway, it's just really cool to be back and to see like how many other resources like come out around. since then. And I just love it. Honestly, it's like the reason why we pump out these shows as often as we do is because it's like, it's my therapy. Yeah. I've mentioned in like previous episodes that I was recently diagnosed with mild depression like earlier this year. Oh, and I find that in the evenings, I tend to get hit with depression the most. And so yeah. I've decided to schedule interviews like this in the evenings to like, you know, work through it. So it's very therapeutic wow. for me. And it also gives me a social life because I don't have a social yeah. life out here currently. Uh-huh. <laughs> So we so, are you know. your social life. Yes. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for being I, a part I, of it. Absolutely. <laughs> anytime. I heard that you guys once like just like had a session together and drank wine. I'm like, that's awesome. I feel like that's oh, every girl's dream to be recorded God. while they're drinking wine. <laughs> that, yeah, that's yeah. great. <laughs> and then you like went on like for four hours and you're like, oh God. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was. Um, can I echo what you mentioned earlier about like it was a way for you to kind of combat, I think you said it was maldepression, right? And so it was yes. like a personal need also. In the same way, when I started Filipino on the Rise, it was because I was feeling it was as much personal for me as it was like making an impact because growing up, I had always felt very frustrated and never being able to find a career path that felt like true to me or just kind of being restricted to one in medicine and healthcare. And I just never felt like that resonated with me. And then the few times I would see a Filipina who is, you know, think about the times that you see a Filipino woman in a position of power or influence that is non-traditional. And we're just like, we feel connected with that. And there was, Mm -hmm. how did they get there? Like, we know they went through the same upbringing as we did. Like, how did they get to that spot? And just feeling like this lack of that recognition, whether in media and entertainment, but like knowing we're out there. So I was just like on a hunt to find them and literally ask them like, Hey, how did you get here? Like, yeah, <laughs> I like, tell me from A to B, like when you like immigrated from the Philippines to being like elected to office, like in Los Angeles, like, how did you get here? I want to know that. And those stories, like giving me back life and like helping me redeem like the the lack of, you know, I guess coaching and training that we had growing up that just, uh, yeah. And it was a way to like almost give that. It's funny, right? Because it almost has this like selfish ambition first because it's what you need, but then like other people need it. Well, yeah. You know, they say research is really me search, right? Like you, yeah. you're, you're doing yeah. it because you're trying That's to good. discover. I heard that somewhere back then. I'm glad I was able to finally pull that out. Yeah. <laughs> I but, love um, it. Research is me search. Yeah. yeah. And actually, it, yeah, it is interesting that you bring that up, Crystal, because one of the first things I found in my Google search back in December 2016 was there was an article that specifically, it was titled something like, the reason why Filipino American women are not in politics. Like it literally said that. Uh. Wow. And it was crazy. So I, I, yeah, I know. Sure, What's the reason? Huh? Yeah, I'm sure it's still there somewhere. Like, I'm sure you can Google it, but yeah. maybe don't Google it because we don't want to support that. We don't want to get that. I know, right? That just sounds so yes, problematic. promoting that. I'm like, yeah. I, know, I mean, I was just thinking about because when I interview different people, and I'm sure you can attest to this too, but there's something very different that the Filipino woman just brings to a certain responsibility or position that is much factored because of like our culture and that like for example like really treating the people on your team or your company like family and being accountable to them for that and being really hospitable being 
open to other cultures and open to our different ideas because we are just such a like a global people right like Filipinos mm-hmm. are sent to different we're like the most English-speaking Asian country and we're just sent to different parts of the world that in that I, we've developed a more like open like international kind of like global look that has enabled us to work and lead differently and if we just kept putting us in certain spaces whether in entertainment or politics or government or like tech and stuff like we would deliver such a, like an underprovided like value to those spaces <laughs> I totally agree with you on that. So like with my husband and I in our business, like the team calls me mama bear (laughs) because Mm, I, so mm -hmm. I do operations and I basically like mother everyone. I mean, it it gets annoying after a while. Like I'm starting (laughs) to warn people. Is it like mother or do you, is like mama tiger or is it like... It's it's mama tiger because I'm starting to get to a point with some of the guys because I I mainly work with veterans and they're mainly male. (laughs) And I don't know what it is, but like they need a lot of handholding. And so Mm. I, uh, no offense to them, they'll never listen to this podcast. (laughs) Nami always like laughs at me whenever I say that. They'll never listen to this podcast. (laughs) But uh, I get to the point with them where it's like, I'll say something like, I don't want to have this conversation again, or I want to make, yeah. you know, I don't want to have to oh my God. this a month from now, you know, but I'll and say it with like a smile. A <laughs> yeah, I'll say it yeah. with a smile. I'll say it with love. And I, I usually start out by saying what I'm about to tell you, I'm telling you because I care a lot about you and we're very mm, invested in your future. I so I, I usually kind of start with that foundation that. and then I go in for the kill. <laughs> and then you just go in and, and then yeah. you're like, but, but it's because I care about you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now give me a hug. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Give me a hug. Exactly. Tough love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to check in with Nani. Any thoughts or uh, anything you want to um, share? All right. Jenny was here jumping into the middle of our show, as I always do, to remind you why this show is possible. So, you know, at the end of every episode, I tend to say, if you didn't catch our guest contact info, don't worry, we'll have those in the show notes. Check them out. I work so hard on them. You're welcome. Well, it's been brought to my attention that our show notes are not as easy to find as I thought, which is why starting summer 2020, the Filipino American Woman Project is proud to be partnering with Captivate, the world's only growth-oriented podcast host. Captivate is created for independent podcasters, designed from day one to help you to focus on audience growth and the expansion of your audio influence. One way that Captivate makes our lives easier as independent podcasters is by taking the guesswork out of making a website for your show. That's right, a website for your show. So listeners, starting summer 2020, finding our show notes will be so much easier. All thanks to Captivate. You're welcome, as always. If you're about to start podcasting or are getting burnt out from all the extra work of producing one, like building a website, consider a seven-day free trial, that's right, free, with Captivate by visiting thephilamwoman.com. That's the philam, short for Filipino-American-woman.com. Or, you know, check out our show notes in the meantime, which is in the details section of each episode. Once again, you can visit thephilamwoman.com or visit the details section of this episode? Not yet. I, I'm just enjoying listening to you guys. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Okay. I was just like, you know, after I always do this on the show, it's like, after all, like if I don't hear Nani, I have to check in with her. 
<laughs> no, no. I mean, I've talked to obviously you a lot, and I've also talked to Crystal a lot. So I'm just enjoying listening <laughs> to you guys talk to each other now. <laughs> cool, cool. I dig it. Well, awesome. I feel like we actually like went through our questions really quickly. Oh, wow. um, yeah, we did like a lot. You know, getting to know you and why you identify as Filipino American woman and what you're currently yeah. up to to today. So I want to yeah, get into yeah. my my favorite question. I mean, all my questions are my favorite, but this is like my most favorite. <laughs> is really the the purpose of this show because our ultimate goal is to collect 365 stories and life lessons that we could eventually publish into a book that we can take and tour around like colleges, whether it's like Filipino dense organizations and stuff like that, and really just promote like our stories and normalize it and put it out there. All right. So, um, so Crystal, do you have a life lesson you want to share with us today? And then if so, I'd love to hear that life lesson and a story in your life, maybe an experience in your life that led you to that life lesson. I'm going to pull the quote that I really live by first and kind of let things flow from that. So the quote, once again, is find a hole in the world in the shape of you and fill it. And I think that has really resonated with me because oftentimes when you don't fit into a certain career path or profession and you're really trying to figure out where you fit, that's when you have to follow where like your curiosity and follow where there's problems in the world and how you want to address that specifically. And sometimes it could look like a a specific job title. And sometimes it just looks like you starting your own project, right? And with that can even mean joining a campaign. And so I think that's just following that has led me to do different impactful things that it's like creating the space for you. So an example of that would be, I think, starting Filipino on the Rise of just wanting to highlight Filipino excellence and Filipino powerhouses in a way to provide that inspiration and role models to coming generations and to create representation. And another example of that would be when I was in college, this was when sexual violence, sexual assault wasn't really a hot topic yet. And having been a survivor of sexual assault, I found that there was a really big need for education on prevention and resources for survivors and going through a legal process that in the end did not um, do any justice for me. Um, because of that, I kind of took it on myself to to find a way to solve these problems and um, help build a student-run campaign that was UC-wide and state-wide. And we, um, we lobbied and implemented policies that now UC campuses are able to have for survivors and other students. So wow. that was kind of an example of like filling the hole where needed. And like, I didn't know anything about policy and I didn't know anything about lobbying and I didn't know anything about creating campaigns to elevate it to that level. But it was really because like you follow the need and you follow like where you're curious to to bring change to um, and it'll and things will just follow right and then like second I, I'm just going like you can always start with what you have I think sometimes we look at these like big ambitions and it seems so it just it seems like there's you know I don't have enough skills for this I don't have enough um, funding or resources I don't have enough of the career background for this an example of like start with what you have because you always have something with you to take the first step would be like when I started my first podcast session I actually reached out to Javel over this networking app and we did our first session on my phone and I was so you know when you're so ignorant to how little you have and how incompetent you have you just kind of start it anyways and that's exactly where I was and it it was a good thing because it just forces you to to look around you and like what tools do I have to start and and Mm -hmm. do it anyways and it'll kind of like and you'll realize like oh I need to buy more equipment oh I need to expand the platform and you just learn as you go and then third, I think this is really important. I, I really want to share this because I've been going through a big life, just a really difficult season and year that I'm, you know, trying to transition out of. 
and, and, and just learn from. So I learned in the time of growth and change, you have to curate a tribe around you, like be really intentional about who you surround yourself with. Javel, she was my first podcast interview. She told us me she runs her own all-female law firm in Oakland. It's like top ranked. It's so badass that she said, you are the average of the five people you surround yourself with. Tell me who your five friends are and I'll tell you who you are. And mm-hmm. I think that really just reflects like who you surround yourself with is really going to shape you. Even if you think you have these like values and like you need to be so intentional about who's surrounding. So when you think about where do you want to be in five years, start to curate everyone who's surrounding you around that to reflect that and resonate that because they're going to remind you who you are. They're going to guide you. They're going to encourage you. They're going to envision for you. And they're also going to correct you. And so like, that's what I've been really doing intentionally. Like people in my tribe, I think I posted something about on Instagram and it was, you need a tribe of women around you who are endlessly devoted to helping you succeed. There's power in that. And I cannot tell you how many of my friends are like, it's so good to have girlfriends and just friends that like are not very intentional about who they're hanging out with on a day to day and how that's either bringing them forward or just kind of like keeping you around. And that's not to say that you can't have those friends, but I think I've just seen the power, especially with like my other powerhouse friends about like who they're surrounding themselves with. And so one of my really close friends, she works at Facebook and she said it to me like this. She's like, I have a board right? Like she's like my board of directors. I keep a board of directors and it's not because of her, it's not a company. She's like, these are a board that I keep for me. And these are like my mentors. These are my friends that keep me in check. These are people from my church that my board of directors are people that I meet up and network with because I need their help at X, Y, and Z. And so I, I just want to push that for young women out there who if you're in a time of accelerated growth or you want to be somewhere like start to really curate your tribe and be intentional about who's pouring into you because it's going to change everything. It's like when I started pulling people who were older than me and hanging out with um, people who are also doing the same projects as me and less time with my friends who are not in line with where I want to be with, like possibilities start opening up. You just start to envision yourself in a different future. You just start feeling more encouraged because people are keeping you accountable and people are keeping you in check about about where you want to be. And it makes all the difference in the world just by curating your tribe. So that's what I want to say. Uh, beautiful. Just all beautiful. All be- so beautiful. <laughs> that yeah. was so good. I, I want to add upon the, the, you are who you surround, you are the five people you associate yeah. yourself with because I think you can write a better narrative for yourself naturally when you're around people that believe in you. Because if you think yeah. about it, most of the trauma or stories that we tell ourselves are by people who've hurt us like early on mm-hmm. and like, and the messages that we learned from them, like our primary caretakers, you know, our parents or, you know, our parental guardians when we were younger. Yeah. And we think about like those associations, however they raised us, it shaped who we became. And then in our twenties, we go through this like identity crisis of like, are those beliefs still going to serve me? You know? And and the only way to really rewrite that narrative is to surround yourself with people who can see beyond who you already see yourself as. So I think even though I've heard that before, I love your perspective on it. And I think it's always a good reminder to let people know, like, if you want to change your life, you need to change your friends. Like tough, tough real talk. It's true. So (laughs) Well, I think for me also, because I care so much about like what my close friends are, you know, saying, and I take, when you're so susceptible to those things, like you have to be really critical about that sensitivity and just like, okay, because certain 
words and people shape my life, like I'm going to be intentional about who is shaping my life, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Crystal, I think that that kind of touches on, we had dinner last night, Crystal and I had dinner last night, and I think we talked a little bit about that. And somehow we got into the conversation of like, who is your inner critic? Like when we're Mm -hmm. posting on our Instagram or on my blog or doing this podcast, who is the voice in the back of your head that's like stopping you from, you know, just like being yourself and whatever. And I told her that I think that for me, it's just my dad. Like -hmm. there are other people in my family that I'm worried about too, but really if I got his approval, like if he read everything that I wrote and heard everything that I said on this podcast and he gave me the green light and was like, I'm proud of you. You're good to go. Then I think that I could let go of all my kind of like inhibitions in that way. Mm. And, and so I feel like that's exactly the point where I'm at. Jen, like you said, once you realize that you were raised under a certain belief system that, you know, when you hit your mid twenties or whatever, you ask yourself, is this still serving me? And when the answer is no, Mm -hmm. you kind of have to like reframe those relationships with the people that have made you that way or that have taught you those things and surround yourself with people that believe the things that you want to believe now or the things that you're trying to believe now. And that's what I found in both of you, you know, individually, Mm -hmm. but also both also collectively as well. You know, like, for example, a lot of the people that I used to run to when I was like conflicted or upset, yeah. I haven't hit them up in a while. And it's because mm. now I run to Jen. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and so some well, of those people are well, kind funny of like, see that because Nani, like, I run to you now. So. <laughs> right. And so exactly that kind of that exact connection, like that's exactly what I mean. It's kind of like yeah. we're recreating our own new family in a way. Exactly. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Word. Well, ladies, it works. I, <laughs> I agree, Jen. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm like all for it. You know, I, like a couple years ago, I learned early on that you know, in your adult life, you have to kind of adopt a new family, and right. and I think like with projects such as this and uh, the associations that you're trying to make now, Crystal, like it's that's exactly what we're doing. Is like in order for us mm-hmm. to to rise up, you know, to rise up as Filipinas. We do have to change our associations. It doesn't mean we have to like, you know, have like an awful breakup with certain people in our lives. We just have to prioritize certain people or spend time with certain people. And that's okay because we could always come back to them. You know, it's it's just that. Yeah. yeah. And if they love you, they'll understand. And if they if they don't understand, then, well, you know, there you go. (laughs) That that says it all. Crystal, it's been been such an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. And I think you're the first person on our show to share more than one life lesson. So thank you for oh doing that. <laughs> yes. Sorry, I just, I'm so indecisive. So I love it. I love it. Letting me do that. I yeah. Some rules here. <laughs> oh, please. there's no rule. The reason why I call this a project is because it's whatever Filipino American women put into it. And, you know, I only yeah. started with one life lesson because I thought that would make sense to me. But I'm, you know, I was just like, yeah, let's share more than one life lesson. Why not? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. We tied it together yeah. beautifully. We did. We did. We totally did. Yeah, um, we did. <laughs> yeah. So Crystal, if anyone is interested in reaching out to you and learning more about Filipina on the rise and possibly collaborating with you, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah. So you can first and foremost, follow me on Instagram, Filipina on the rise and DM me. <laughs> I'm very, very, very active on there. 
Or if you want to feel more formal, you can also email me at crystal, K-R-Y-S-T-L. There's no vowels in my name. Crystal at philippineontherise.com. Beautiful. (laughs) Well, I want to thank you so much for your time. And Nani, I want to thank you for co-hosting as always. And to our listeners, if you didn't get that information, you know how super generous I am with the show notes. Just check it out and you can see how you can get a hold of Crystal that way. With that said, I want to thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to speaking with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Bye, everyone. Thank you, Crystal. Thank you so much, Jen and Nani. And I'm so grateful to be on this show and really admire all you're doing on this project. Thank you.